And let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for quickening in every heart. Lord, I just pray that every person's heart would be open and receptive. And Lord, we thank you that we purpose to be doers of the word, not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's make a good confession if you have your Bible. Hallelujah. Hold it up. Make the devil nervous. (laughs) Say this. This is my Bible. Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess. I'll be taught the Word of God today. My mind is alert. My heart is ready to receive. I will never be the same. Now shout it out. Never, never, never. Never the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. First Timothy 6, verse 17. Last week... We spoke along the lines of the face of rebellion. If you remember, we talked about King Saul, how King Saul is not known for his obedience, but he's known for his rebellion. And we just, we laid that out to talk about rebellion and how God sees it. God sees rebellion just like if someone was practicing witchcraft. He sees stubbornness. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I've just got a stubborn streak. But the Bible says stubbornness is as idolatry. You know, the Bible also says covetousness is idolatry. Not it's like idolatry, it is idolatry. And so we begin looking at that. And so we want to continue in a little bit different vein, but pretty much along the same lines. First Timothy 6.17, I read this scripture last week. And let me just say, what we're going to talk about today is vitally important in the believer's life because my wife and I, have seen this, but I've seen it for 30 years, where people, when people get off, when people um, go a different direction than the plan of God, it's because of this that we're going to talk about today. 1 Timothy 6.17, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Even if it's a beef stew that means something you know, to us. God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. Nothing's too little for the Lord. But notice he says, don't be high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. <coughs> Over in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 16, the Bible says, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. So what's he talking about? He's, in this passage, he says, don't be high-minded. The NIV says this, do not be conceited. And so that's what we have to watch out for, just like he says here in First Timothy. He's talking about pride and haughtiness. So what is pride? The word loosely translates high. High, and it deals with this, a high and lofty estimation of oneself. But humility means low. 
to go low, to bow low. And you know, that's not something that someone else is doing for you. That's something that you, you are doing for yourself. You know, the Bible never says humble your neighbor. But the Bible says humble yourself. And the, and the Bible never says that God's going to humble us. If he did, he, he would have to humiliate us. But the Bible tells us repeatedly to humble ourselves. So to be proud is to have an overestimation of yourself. One of the words, if you, if you look it up, actually in the Greek, you're going to laugh when I say this, but it's this, braggadocio. Yeah. To, be a, to brag, to be a braggart, and mainly about yourself. Now, it's okay to brag about God. But one of the other words in connotations of the word proud is to envelop in smoke. Have you ever heard someone talk about someone throwing a smoke screen? They're just blowing smoke. You ever heard that? So the, the idea of being proud and haughty is to be high, puffed up, and blowing smoke. But humility is going low. Humility is going low. So here's the thing. You can be strong and bold and meek at the same time. A lot of people equate meekness and humility with being weak. But it's the furthest thing from it. Because actually the, the proudest are the, the, the weakest. Well, they're just trying to cover it with their, their braggadocious attitude. And so remember what Jesus says. He says, learn of me because I am meek and lowly. So we know that Jesus is our example. He's the master. That he was strong he was bold, but he was the furthest thing from being um, anything of being haughty. And so everyone has to deal with pride. Say that. I have to deal with pride. Why? Because pride is part of the nature of the flesh. Everyone has to, do, to deal with it. We're, Talking about selfishness and pride. And the thing that this makes it such a bad thing is it's the very nature of the devil himself. It's the, his very nature. The devil is haughty. You've never met a more haughty person than the devil. I mean, someone that, that thinks that there's something you've never seen compared to the way the enemy is. And so when we begin to see its origin through the scriptures, then what do we want to, we want to get it out of ourselves. Just like we saw last week about uh, rebellion. When you see rebellion and its effects and, and what it does, you, you don't want it in your life at all. When you see stubbornness, you know, some people think, well, a little bit of stubbornness is good. But no, you don't want any stubbornness in you. Yeah. Stubbornness is just that resisting like, Nobody's going to make me do anything. And so we see that the devil, Lucifer, he was created the anointed cherub. But what did he say? I will exalt my throne. I'm going to be like the most high. And he, you know, he, he, he knew what words would do. He knew what God said and it was. 
in Genesis 1. He tried to take God's words and, and, and use it against him and say, hey, I'm going to do this. But, you know, if you ever get in, a, in a, a battle with God about words, when the smoke clears, you'll see whose words are going to supersede. And so what happened, though, is, is Adam and Eve, the enemy breathed that. We know that, that God breathed the breath of life and they became a living soul. But that, that nature, when they rebelled and sinned, the enemy breathed that nature into to our parents, Adam and Eve. And so as long as you have flesh, you're going to have pride to deal with. If anyone ever calls a, a prayer line and says, okay, if you want to be delivered from pride, then don't even go. Because as long as you have flesh, who brought their flesh with them today? <laughs> as long as you have flesh, you're going to have to deal with pride. You can't cast it out like a devil. Wouldn't that be nice? And so, remember, though, what the enemies told him. He said, if you partake of this fruit, you're not going to die. Did God said? The first thing that the devil says is he, he challenges God's words. Yeah. Did God say? God didn't say this. And, and he just knows that when you partake of this, you're going to be like him. And you know what the, 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 the inference is, is this. You won't need him any longer. And that's what the pride of man is. The pride of man is, I don't need God. I don't need anybody. That's why evolution is so popular. You know, buddy, we, we, we brought ourselves up by our own bootstraps. You know, I was, you know, we were, we were, uh, we jumped in the mud. You know, we, we, we jumped out, we crawled up a tree and broke my tail and I became a man. You know, it just, like one person said, from the goo to the zoo to you. You know, that's what evolution says. Like one person said, it takes more faith to believe that than it does what God's word says. And so that's what the whole evolution is. It's an independence, but it's a lie. Our every breath depends upon him. God created us and he made us and he sustains us every moment of our life. So this is truth in humility. That's what humility is, is recognizing the truth. Humility always deals with truth. Pride always deals with lies. Uh, the Bible says in Obadiah, in the Old, the Old Testament, Obadiah, just one chapter, verse 3, says this. The pride of your heart hath deceived thee. The pride of your heart hath deceived thee. Anytime you're walking in pride, you're walking in lies. And you're walking in deception. And like we said, no one was more prideful than the enemy. But humility lives in reality. I, I'll tell you, the more I see this, the more I hunger to have it in my life. To, to walk in true humility and to, and to walk according to the word. Now, you know, there is a false humility. You ever seen people with a false humility? True humility is not self-degradation. Well, you know, I'm nothing. I'm just, I'm just nothing. And, and, you know, the Lord is, the Lord is, is everything. But neither is humility denying the praise you feel like you deserve. 
you know, you can do something and then someone says, boy, that was good. And, and, and you think to yourself, yeah, I did pretty good today, you know, and this and that. But, you know, I'm not going to accept the praise I, I deserve, so I'm going to be humble. But they're still full of pride. Hey, man, that was such a good job. And you think, no, it was, it was the Lord. You know, and people change their, their whole focus. Well, it was just the Lord. And, and, uh, but meanwhile, they're thinking, yeah, I did pretty good. Yeah, I was pretty smart there. But they're still full of pride. One of the things we have to recognize, and this is the, the key, is recognizing pride. And we're going to get into this uh, perhaps in the next couple of weeks. But many things we have to realize in our life is because of the grace of God. Many things that happen, it's not you. It's the grace of God. And you know, a lot of times this happens with different graces in your life that maybe you've had your whole life. Something that, that you think is real easy. Oh, I can do that. It's a grace. It's a grace. Maybe, maybe you've been able to stand up in front of people and speak. Maybe you, you've been able to do certain things and you think, well, that's just me. That's a grace. That's a grace. Turn over to John chapter 7. Pride deals with deception in believing lies. You know, it's not wrong to believe good things about yourself. In fact, if you don't believe good things about yourself, you'll be a problem. But it's not wrong to believe good things about yourself. You know, the Bible says in Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove that a good, acceptable, perfect will of God. For I say through the grace that is given to you, not to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. The Lord never said, don't think highly of yourself. He said, what? Don't think more highly than you ought to think. But to what? Think soberly and to think truthfully. That's what we mean. See, pride has that overestimation of oneself. Yeah, I, I did it. You know, I, I did it. But Philemon, um, in the New Testament, the book of Philemon, just one chapter, verse 6, says this. talks about how our faith may become effectual or powerful by the acknowledging of every good thing in us in Christ Jesus. So our faith becomes strong and powerful by acknowledging Every good thing within us in Christ Jesus. So it's good to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm blessed in Him. I'm forgiven in Him. Greater is He that is within me than He that is in the world. You know, when you begin to speak those things, you're acknowledging the, the greater one on the in, inside of you. But see, pride is saying something beyond the truth. And many times people do it by taking credit for what is the grace of God. Look at John chapter 7, verse 14. John 7, verse 14. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? So what's happening? Jesus is preaching, and here the leaders are saying, Where does he get this stuff? How does he do this? Because Jesus didn't go to the the same seminary they did. He wasn't maybe trained the way they were. And they're saying, boy, where did he get this information? 
And Jesus answered and said, you got to pay the price. While everyone else was out there playing, I was praying. I was burning the midnight oil. I was, you know, I was, I was studying. I wasn't playing around. Why? Why do you say that? Because that's how pride talks. That's how pride is. Look at verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not my own, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So people take credit for what's the grace of God. Jesus, where did you get that revelation? How did you get that? I pushed. I prayed. I pressed in. See, why would people talk like that? Because they're trying to take credit for the revelation. They're trying to take credit for, yeah, I prayed that through. Just like I said last week. People will say, uh, yeah, so-and-so came to the altar. Yeah, I prayed them through. Meanwhile, what about the, the parking lot person that was nice to them when they, they felt like going home? What about the, the minister who prepared? How about Jesus who died for them? How about the Holy Spirit who quickened them and, and, and brought them into church? But you prayed them through. Thank God you had a part and you'll be rewarded. But notice here, Jesus says, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Was Jesus trying to be humble? No, he's just, he's walking in reality and he's saying, the Father gave it to me. The Father did it. And we see all throughout the ministry of Jesus, the Father, the Father, the Father. So he's not just trying to be humble, but he's walking in humility and reality. You know, the same thing happens to us today. Now, I think sometimes what happens is we, we have two different extremes. And, and, you know, sometimes one extreme is people act like they were, were not even in the same room. Wow, that was great. Man, you did a, a great job. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, but the other side is people, they, they want to take the credit for it. But, you know, h- how should we respond? Wow, that was great. Man, that was great. That was a great message. And wow, the, the anointing was awesome. I don't take, we don't take granted, you know, take the, the credit for it. Well, praise the Lord. You know, the Lord was good. The, the Lord helped us there. You know, we don't say, well, that was nothing. Why? Because what are you, what are you saying is nothing. Well, man, that was great. Oh, it was nothing. Well, you didn't give yourself the revelation. You know, you have to learn how to respect the gift of God within you just like you do other people. And so, you know, if, if someone tries to, to, to give you the, the credit for something, you don't take the credit, but you just say, well, praise the Lord. He helped us. Yeah. Well, the Lord is good. The Lord, the Lord helped us to see that. The Lord helped us to get that out. The Lord helps us, helped us to lay hands on the people, you know. Yeah. And so don't take credit for what is the Lord. You can't do anything right without his help. So I want to give you and I'm in um, super speed today, but I want to give you four in you realities. Four in you truths. Do you mean in him? No, in you. In him, we have everything, but in you is a different story. Don't forget those important words, in Christ. 
Well, I am too. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I can do all things through who? Through Him. But number one, in yourself, you are nothing. You are nothing. Galatians 6, 3 says this. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So we have to keep this reality that without him, in myself, I am nothing. I am nothing without him. You know, it's kind of a humorous story, but um, our pastor said that, you know, he used to, and he's always said this, Lord, I'm nothing, you're everything. And one time he had a, a, a minister call him and said, when he started the church back in 96, and said, you're not an apostle. He said, okay. You're not a prophet. All right. You're not an evangelist. You're not a pastor. You're not a teacher. And he just started laughing. And, and the guy was upset. He's like, why are you laughing? He said, he said, this call has blessed me today. Thank you for calling. Because I've always prayed and said to the Lord, Lord, I'm nothing. You're everything. And now you're calling me to tell me that I am nothing. And the Lord's answered my prayer. <laughs> that I'm nothing and you're everything. So, see, pride is believing lies about ourselves. In Him, we're the righteousness of God. But in ourselves, we're nothing. You know, the Bible says that our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. What's that talking about? That's talking about us apart from Christ. Number two, in yourself, you know nothing. In yourself, you know nothing. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2. And if any man think that he knows anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. So what do we know in ourselves? Nothing. Number three, in yourself you have, what do you, what do you think? Nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For who makes you to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if you did receive it, why do you glory as if you had not received it? So that's where the big struggle is. Is people want to take credit and say, I did it. But what do you have in life that you did not receive? It all came from the Lord. Well, no, I worked hard for that. It was given to you. No, I, I, I sweat. I gave my everything for that and for that company. It was given to you. Now, yeah, you had a part. But see, every time we, when we read the New Testament, what does the New Testament emphasize? Works versus uh, grace. Works versus grace. See, the pride of man wants to take credit for it. But we have to recognize it's through grace and faith. So he gets the credit for it. He gets the credit. Number four, in yourself, you can do nothing. John 15, very familiar passage here. 
in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I am him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So how much can we do on our own? Well, you know, you can do some stuff. You know, you can do the little stuff, but we need his help. I mean, you can do something, but it's not going to amount to anything. So he says, without me, you can do nothing. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Jesus also said in John 6, it's the spirit that quickens the flesh profits nothing. So, remember, in ourself, you are nothing, you know nothing, you have nothing, and you can do nothing. Now, I'm not saying you have to go around confessing this all day. (laughs) But just don't forget it. Just don't forget it. On a Monday morning when, you know, something happens and the boss says, man, that was a great idea, and and you think, you think to yourself, well, you know, it really was. And then I'm just going to be humble and say, it wasn't me. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, wow, that was like one of the best ideas I ever had, you know. And I did really good. And, you know, I was glad I, I studied and I did this. But, but we can't take the credit for it. Not because we're trying to be humble, but because that's the reality. And so just like we said about rebellion I want to give you this. How does God see pride? How does God see proud? Look over in um, Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. You know, the Bible says that the Lord is close to the humble, but the proud he knows afar off. I don't want God to know me from afar off. Amen. Proverbs 6, verse 16 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. What's the first thing he says? A proud look. A proud look. So what if God sees you there? And, and you, he looks at you and you have a proud look. He hates it. It's an abomination. <clears throat> Not my words. God's words. <clears throat> look at um, Proverbs. I'm just going to read a couple of these here. Proverbs 16, verse 5. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And you know, that that doesn't matter if you're his kid or not. It didn't just say, you know, just, just people that aren't born again, but you know, his kids can be stubborn, rebellious, and proud. No, it's an abomination to him. Proverbs 21.4, a high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. 
A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. So how does God see pride? He hates it. And, you know, I know, some, I know some people don't, they may not like this, but that's fine. But, you know, I've changed my vocabulary. I don't use the word proud. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm proud of my boy. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of that. Because a lot of that always goes back to the person. Why are you proud of them? Because it makes you look good. Remember, the Father God looked at Jesus being baptized. This is my beloved son. And I'm proud of him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So I've, I've changed that word. You know, not to say, you know, I'm proud of this, I'm proud of this. Well, I'm proud to be an American. Well, you know, it's good to be an American, but you can't be proud of it. <clears throat> I'm sorry, that doesn't make the song, doesn't make the song flow quite as good. I'm pleased to be an American. <laughs> but, but what are we saying? We're just saying, making an adjustment in our mind. And you know, I don't, it's not like I correct people if, if they say that, because that's just something I do. And so, um, but how does God see pride? He hates it. It's an abomination to him. It's the nature of the enemy. And so, What's the effects of pride? Real quickly, what's the effects of pride? If I get in pride, what's going to happen? 11.2 of Proverbs. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. So if I walk in pride and I let pride into my life, I'm going to be shamed. I'm going to be shamed. Proverbs 20, I mean 15 verse 25 says this. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. But he will establish the border of the widow. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. 16, 18 says this. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride, who's ever heard that verse? Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. What the Bible say? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be ushering at the front of the church building than, than to, to live and enjoy being in the tents of the wicked. Why? Because that leads to death. He says, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit is going to go before a fall. And so, uh, Proverbs 29, one more here. Proverbs 29, 23 says this. A man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Well, you know, a man's got to have his pride. You know, he's got to have it. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. 
So what's pride going to do? It's going to cause shame. It's going to cause your house to be destroyed. It's going to bring you low. Jesus taught that if, you're, if you lift yourself up, you'll be abased. But if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. And like we said, only you can humble yourself. No one can humble you. But one of the effects of pride, and you can see this in Scripture, is the numbing of the mind and the darkening of your understanding. The numbing of the mind and the darkening of the understanding. How many remember King Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar, he was a proud man. <laughs> and I want you to just listen to what he says here in Daniel chapter 5. See, the good news is if we go a couple minutes extra, we don't have a Sunday night service, so you'll have a great afternoon today. Amen. But might as well get what the Lord has for you right now. Like I heard somebody say, when it comes to church service and the anointing, you always have to ask yourself, what am I in such a hurry to leave and what am I going to? <laughs> Amen. Hashtag just saying. Uh, <laughs> Daniel 5 verse 20 says this. Talking about Nebuchadnezzar, but when his heart was lifted up and his mind was hardened in pride. He was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And you know what's amazing is we see this later on from Nebuchadnezzar. He even says that God is able, you know, that, that walk in pride, he's able to abase. And so when his heart was lifted up, his, and his mind was hardened in pride. You know, people talk about hardening of the arteries. There's a hardening in the mind. And so anytime you get proud, anytime you get arrogant, is a hardening in the mind. And that hardening in the mind doesn't let you see reality. The only thing is you see is yourself. I'm, I'm the one. I'm the source. You know, I've seen this too. Some of the most people that are most adamant about the Word of God, they know the least about it. Have you ever seen that? Some people that are the most arrogant about something, they know the least. But the more, and that's why we're going to say, everyone in the River Church reads their chapter Monday through Friday. Yeah. Why? Because the more you stay in the Word, the, the more you see that you don't know. Yeah. Have you ever read the Bible and you see, oh boy, I didn't know that. I mean, it, it keeps you in reality. It keeps you in check and shows you, hey, I don't know that. I need to keep refreshing my thinking. But everything in our life is because of the grace of God. 
And I want, you, I want you to look at this last one here in James 4. This should be, this could be our golden text. But James 4, verse 6 says this. But he gives more grace. Who's interested in having more grace in their life? Amen. Wherefore he says... God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. How do we draw nigh to God? In humility. And what's going to happen? He's going to draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Look at verse 10. Humble yourselves, therefore, in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And so it's our responsibility, and I pray that even as you hear this, you would get a hunger. You would get a hunger to know what what humility is and embrace it. That you would get a hunger to know what pride is and resist it and get it out of yourself. And you know, if you start to see, if the Lord starts to put his finger on it and you start to see yourself in pride, that's good. Because only then can you deal with it. Have you ever dealt with somebody and they can't see what, what they're doing? You know, you try to say, hey man, you're doing this. No. My mom used to tell me, you just lie so much, you don't even know you're doing it. And, and of course, that just made me mad, you know. You, you, you tell that so many times, you don't even know it's not even the truth. Of course, then I'd say a couple words maybe, but in my, in my rebellion at the time. But as we see this, remind yourself how God sees pride. And if you, can, if you can see and understand how God sees it, just like when we see stubbornness and rebellion. I wish everyone was that excited. <laughs> and one of the things too, remind yourself of the effects of pride. That when I walk in pride, it's going to cause me to be shamed. It's going to cause me to be resisted. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes not even thinking about it, you might even think of pride as stinking. But I think that's the way God, in the spirit, it, it stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Who's ever picked up something and you just hold it and it's like this? Yeah. You just hold it at arm's length. Yeah. Well, that's what Psalm 138.6 says. Though the, the Lord is high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud, he knows afar off. So God still loves you. You're still his child, but, but right now you stink. Stay over there. Until you humble yourself. Amen. And I want you to know that, that being humble is not being weak. You know, think, people think of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I've seen a couple good pictures of Jesus where you know, he's smiling and he's happy. Some of them, you know, he's just like, He's, 
he's 138 pounds. He's emaciated, and he's like he's got this lamb under his arm, and he, like we say, you know, he speaks Elizabethan English, and like he's some weak person. I mean, Jesus was not weak. I mean, he ran the people out of the temple. He, you know, he's there over there talking. And he's making these cords over here, and he he runs them out of there. You know, Jesus was not just little Jesus, meek and mild. He was a strong man. So there's nothing about being, like we said, you can be strong and you can also be humble at the same time. So I pray that, that your hunger would be stirred up to, to, to not have any, any bit of pride. But the first thing is you have to see it in yourself. And like we say, if you, if you see it, that's a good thing because only then can you deal with it. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, that as you, Lord, as we study your word, Lord, that you bring light and revelation to us, Lord, and that, Lord, that we can step out in the fullness of your word. We thank you, Lord, that we would begin to see that you begin to teach us, Lord, pride and, and its awful effects. And, and, Lord, as we see exactly how you see it, by your grace, Lord, help us to deal with it. Help us to get it out of ourselves. And Lord, we just purpose that we would walk even as the master and walk humbly and to be strong in you. Thank you, Lord, that in you we are overcomers. In you the greater one indwells us. In you we have everything. Lord, we realize that in ourselves we are nothing, that we have nothing. But Lord, we are not without you and we have you and we overcome by the greater one in Jesus' name.